Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coughing Combos podcast where unfiltered conversations and connections are brewed. I'm your host, Alyssa Mopia, and for those of you who are new here, this is a platform and podcast where we connect with so many artists, entrepreneurs, and creatives who just get it. We really break down these walls of vulnerability and we just really dive in into the stuff that matters. So thank you all for tuning in. I'm so excited to introduce to you all today's guest, Kendrick Dial, aka Kimon. He is a renaissance man, a jack of all trades, if you will. He shows up in the world as a father, an artist, a mental health therapist, and a community leader, among so many other things. And he has such great energy and drops so many gems about just showing up for yourself, learning and navigating through different perspectives, embracing failure and rejections as a tool for growth, and how you can be present and actually enjoy your journey and find fulfillment. Really re-listening to this episode has gotten me taking so many notes, so definitely do so while tuning in. It's such a good one. And if you haven't already, please check out his latest performance. And if you haven't already, please check out his Unfiltered Friday performance that just came out as he performs his latest single, Y'all Mad. It's on our IGTV, our YouTube, and our Facebook page over at Coughing Combos. Definitely check it out. He, including so many other amazing local talent, are featured on there. And it's been such a fun project for us to do. And you'll get to see a little bit more behind the scenes of our filming and just how we produce things here at Futures Past and Coffee and Convos. So grab your coffee or your favorite way to keep yourself fueled for the day. And let's get this conversation started. Kendrick, thank you so much for being here. Yes, yes. I'm so excited. I feel like we already had kind of like right. this this <laughs> right. whole other podcast before right. recording this podcast. <laughs> right, right. Um, but thank you. I'm so excited to have you. And I'm so excited to just have this open discussion of everything that's happening in the world. Yes. I and know. especially mental health. Right. Especially mental health. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit of your story. Thank you. Um, so my name is Kendrick Dow, uh, also known as Kimon, um, and I'm a Renaissance man, if you will. I poet, actor, um, producer. I can say that now, hey. but I'm up here making beats. Uh, <laughs> uh, performer, do a little hip hop, I sing a little bit, um, as well as um, by professional trade, I'm a counselor. Um, and I facilitate my academic counselor. I do therapy as well as uh, a strengths finder coach. And I also do a lot of trainings in the realm of training social workers, as well as, you know, conflict resolution, communication, cultural humility, things of that nature as well. So, um, yeah, that's all the, most of the ways I, I show up in the world. Renaissance man, yeah. as you said. I love that. I love that title. You own it. It's it's great. I, I do think you, like you said, you have so many ways that you show up. And I think that's a great perspective to have right. because um, something that I want to add 
at least in my personal experience, is that I've always felt like I have to just be one thing. Right, right. You know, and I think I'm slowly starting to tear that narrative down. Right. And starting to explore all of the things that I know I'm good at. Right. Because I feel, especially as entrepreneurs, there's this idea that you have to like niche down and niche mm -hmm. down and niche down. And I've always had trouble with right. that. So I'd love to hear kind of like your perspective on how you can continue to be multi-passionate and multi-talented and still stay, still stay true to like who you are at the core. Right. So I think it starts right there, right? Mm -hmm. When you know who you are at the core, you know what you bring to the table. You understand your strengths. You understand your weaknesses. You understand, you know, how you maybe needed to show up in different spaces. Uh, I always start with this uh, analogy of, I mean, we think about, you know, we go back in the day, back way, way, way back, you know, to more of the, the village, you know, perspective in terms of like you had, you know, the person who was the judge or, you know, that the griot or the judge who, but they were also scientists or they were musicians, you know, they did all these things. It would, uh, they were the, the shaman, you know, they, they held more than one role. And I think as we got, you know, into more of an industrialized space of society, we transitioned into you need to pick one thing, be that, da, da, da. but that's not how we were truly like, matter of fact, mothers don't even get that luxury. Mm. <laughs> you know, mothers have to be, you know, the coach or, you know, the, the nurture, like all these different roles. So I don't think there's a space where we truly just get to be one role. Like that's some, it could be a luxury for some, uh, but I think it's also a joy to also think about the different ways that we get to show up and the different things that feed us. I think there are different times when I love making music. Matter of fact, I got into actually making like beats and, and music because I felt like it influenced how I wrote. It helped me, you know, in tune with the writing in a different way. So I think when you bring all that particular to get experiences together, uh, it's just really about being able to show up and being authentically you. When um, I did some, I did some time. <laughs> I was in the military for nine years. I was in the Navy. Um, and right out of high school, I was, I did science and engineering in high school. I went to a, a magnet school. And then, so I went to Navy and I was a radar technician. So, and I thought, you know, computers, wave of the future. I'll be able to make money, yada, yada, yada. But it didn't feed me. It didn't fill my soul. And I was fortunate enough to switch into a special program where I got to be a uh, substance abuse counselor while I was still in the military. And I got to show up and, and I had been writing for years. And so, and on the outside of the military, I was doing poetry, open mics, or getting asked to come speak at different places. And when I did that, I actually got a chance to kind of bring that into my military world. And it was just like, it was such a, uh, a real feeling to be able to come and be authentically me, right? I think part of the scope of what we're talking about nowadays is, you know, uh, black people, people of color aren't typically able to just be authentically themselves mm -hmm. in American society, in these jobs and whatnot, right? We have to, you know, wear the mask or, you know, have this double consciousness about this experience. And now we're in a space where we're saying we've been, <laughs> this is our reality. So now, you know, a part of you understanding our reality is also uh, us taking the space where we can just show up as ourselves and not try to bend or conform to whatever makes you comfortable or safe or, or whatnot. And we, and people are being challenged to take the time to understand it and not be so scared of it or, you know, or just ignorant to it. Yes. Right. Um, I felt like I went 
totally off <laughs> what you yeah, asked me. It. I love but it. but it's all connected in terms <laughs> mm-hmm. of so when I got to show up in the, in that aspect in the military, uh, I I just felt like so much more right because mm-hmm. typically they kind of dumb you down to your rank uh and whatnot and so in that space it was like i was fc2 dial but i was counselor dial and so and i know the impact that i was making on people's lives was was something like i still got letters you know with people and this i got out the navy in 2007 and i still have like letters when people were right towards you know and they're leaving about me being able to be a part of that journey and that, i think that's the impact of of life that you know makes it fulfilling and whatnot so all in all like this space of like think about think about all the ways the, the gifts that you've been given and a lot of times we aren't nourishing our gifts we're not we're not in environments that help us nourish our gifts so sometimes you may have some gifts you don't even know about i know this author that i love bertice berry um she's done a lot of stuff already but then she said it came in her and she's mine she's like 50 55 or something like that and within the last couple of years she realized she had this gift dealing with spatial some so basically she can like make clothes oh. and like and she just she doesn't need to measure it out she can look at somebody and okay let me make you this dress girl and and it oh wow yeah and it's just like that's a skill that that she didn't even know that she had and there's so many of those dynamics that i think in various communities people have these gifts that we don't even know because we weren't given an opportunity to show them or shown that we have them, uh, which is almost uh, as, as a teacher, as I'm teaching in community college, I really try to challenge our students to get out of their comfort zone, right? Because our comfort zone uh, doesn't allow us to truly see who we are. It gives us this space of, you know, making us think we're okay, mm-hmm. but you know, we're still dealing with depression and da 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 because we aren't fully expressing who we are. So um, pushing folks to get out of their comfort zone to actually tap in. Uh, probably one of the most recent expressions of that was a couple of years for me. Uh, and I realized like I had a, a talent for building curriculums. Like I got asked to join this team to develop curriculum about teaching social workers to work with African-American families. And just in the process, like I never thought that was something I would enjoy, but being able to weave together a lesson plan and whatnot to a meaningful experience was totally like something I really appreciated. So, um, yeah, so all of that. (laughs) 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 So that was all in your brain. Hey, let them gifts go, girl, get them out, get them out. There's more for you to do. No, that was great. I love that you really bring that up because like you said, we people of color and black folks, like we really do have to conform. I felt that I've I've noticed my family do that. Mm. My dad himself, he was in the Navy and outside of that, he's such a creative person. He, He loves to build things. He loves to golf. He loves to do so many different things, but his identity was so stuck in that. And, um, with my mom as well, like, she she just hasn't found that thing that like lights her soul on fire, which really right. makes me sad because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to see my parents be in that power and feel empowered to do right. what they what they want. You know, I feel like growing up, they've always taught me like you can be successful, but you also have to be stable. 
Right. You know, like it was always stability first right. and thinking about like how we're going to earn income to survive instead of actually thinking about thriving in right. that space. And yeah, I feel like I could go on and on about just identity alone. Right. But um, you did bring up like during these times, it's a time of like reflection and a lot right. of us are being challenged, even myself, you know, I'm, I was kind of faced with like beliefs and like ways that I may have behaved before or and just like having that brought to the forefront right. is so important and to address it and to come from a place of like empathy and understanding is right. so important. So I'd love to just kind of hear, I know we kind of talked about it briefly earlier about like how COVID has completely like without COVID, maybe the impact might not have been the same. Right. Um, COVID is a trip. I see you, Rona. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, saying that in terms of that, that space of clarity, right? And I think it's probably put a lot of perspective for, I know for myself in terms of like, the things I'm doing, does it really free me? Does it really nurture me? Is this something that I'm really doing for me? Or is it, um, is there like maybe more connected to stability or something is that why I'm doing certain things? And so I think just being in a space of reflection and, and really taking account of what am I doing? What am I doing it for? Who am I doing it for? Um, and then also just in the space of mental health, like this is such a, a tumultuous time to kind of be into. So what are you doing to help process? Like, actually, when I think about the song, Y'all Mad, it mm -hmm. was me processing this experience in terms of everything that's been going on. Um, I write, typically, I write from a very honest place. And so it was no doubt, like, it was just on my mind. And that's why it came at that particular time. So, uh, and that was me processing my emotions. It was me expressing my frustration. Uh, it was me just kind of putting it there and, you know, and that's how it all came together. Um, I think in life we need to do that probably a lot more than a lot of people would give this, themselves space to do it. And, you know, we say, I said, I was saying that, you know, this particular sound was like a perfect storm from COVID to the social unrest uh, because we couldn't look away. Mm. Like a lot of times we get busy with life and we run around and we go to the basketball game and we go over here to this job and da, 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 da but we didn't have that opportunity, right? We had to sit and be inundated with the news and social media and whatnot. And people had time to go protest. <laughs> like, they're like, your job, you know, you already furloughed anyway. You ain't got, to. so now we ain't got to worry about losing jobs if we want to protest, you know? So it was, it was a lot of different dynamics that fanned that flame, if you will. Um, but like I said, we don't normally take the time to reflect. Right. When we think about behaviors or why we do something or how did we heal from relationship uh, or anything like that. So in this space where we kind of forced to kind of just sit down and be with ourselves. Uh, and that's a tricky piece. Like I know when I initially I'm just getting all my business. out. So I know when I initially got uh, divorced, I was very I was on the move. I was trying to look for work and dynamics. I was I was moving, moving, moving. And I remember when uh, break break came for school like in December right and now I was just at home and I was just sitting and that was just a total different experience for me and it was it was very uncomfortable and all those emotions that I hadn't dealt with up until that time you know because I wasn't I was actually just being still they all kind of just engulfed me and, you know and that was like a space of depression for for a few weeks and probably a little bit longer but definitely good, you know a little while and whatnot and so it was just such a 
uh, reminder to myself just in terms of like, as you go through life, you need these times to just kind of sit still and, and take ownership of things that happen, your role in it, but then also where do you want to go from here, mm-hmm. right? We, we, a lot of times we're so busy running from the past that we forget that on some levels, all of it might not have been a choice, but a good deal of it was a choice. And if that's the case, then you get to choose how you maneuver beyond that space, right? You get to choose how do you go about healing those wounds from the past and whatnot. So I think that's a very um, ideal place for us to at least strive for. It may not always be possible. You got family, you got kids, you got, but you know, but I think that's a part of making yourself a priority to be able to mm-hmm. do that. And in particular, like I say, my I, I, off top, I'm in a very woman dominated <laughs> field. Uh, I grew up in a house full of women uh, and whatnot. And even now I, I got a daughter. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm constantly reminded about the sacrifice that women make in terms of how they have to show up in the world. And so I, I just, I'm always telling them like, yo, like I get it. Pull back for you though. Mm-hmm. Like you got to do this, like the best way you're going to be able to support the people that you love and be there is by making sure that you're saying that you ain't going crazy. You don't have to be strong all the time. You can let your kids see you cry. Like my daughter seen me cry and, but it, and it, it builds empathy in her seeing this expression and, and at the same time. So she knows that she can cry too yeah, and, and whatnot. So I think, you know, I, as a society, I think we're at a place where we're kind of relearning some things in terms of engagement, in terms of self uh, and giving each other that space to like truly be human. Right. So I love that. That was also beautifully said. <laughs> so beautifully said. I mean, like it comes natural because, like, you know, your experience and everything. And I love that you said that specifically about women because I myself, being 29, I'm turning 30 in a few months, and I am finally honoring that right. I need to put myself first. Right. It's, I think, yeah, just as a woman, we have so many roles to play. Right. And we have to show up every single time. And it's just like, I I think when it's so easy for us to put others first, Mm -hmm. just like how mothers put their children first and their spouses and everything. And so like, I've seen that. I've seen like my mom and my aunts and my grandma, like just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And it never really clicked to me personally, up until fairly recently, literally like what, 20 something years later yeah, yeah, yeah. and throughout this journey for me to be like, you know what, like they, they deserve to rest. They deserve right. to slow down. And I feel like, yeah, COVID has allowed me that, that time and space to really just like I told you earlier, just like take that time to reflect and right. see like what no longer serves me and right. like what my intentions are moving forward with like, how do I want to move in, in this world? And I also feel, I don't know if you feel this way too, but like with this uprise of just like life completely changing, right? right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. life we knew no, before, before COVID is, not, is yeah. no longer. Yeah. So I feel like we also have this power in our, we could take the power in our own hands and really form this life that we truly want and want to work towards like you said kind of healing our past traumas working through that and also just knowing that like what was there before we don't have to go back to that right 
that we can open up and create this new normal like collectively, but right. also like honor ourselves first. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely like the headspace that I'm in right now and that I'm working towards because I, I've needed this. I've right. needed this kind of like wake up call and I've needed this um, just time to honor myself. And right. I think we all do. And I think we all kind of need that time. And whether it's right now during COVID, whether, you know, you're unemployed or you're experiencing like what next right you don't have to have all the answers right yeah, but yeah. what what are some what's some advice that you have for those who are kind of in that headspace of like what do i do um very anxiety ridden i know mm -hmm. a lot of people yeah. around me are very stressed very scared very just I understand like we're in a in a state of unknown but i also feel like we can do something about it um is an interesting question. Um, so I, I, these are the different things that come up off top when I think about, because I grew up in a church, so I know faith, right? Faith is very big for a lot of people, but it's amazing to me at these times we don't turn to faith. And, when, and I don't even mean like, you know, your particular religion, but I believe I'm talking about literally the faith that you have, like how to use, like I'm a person, I'm and part of part of my optimism too, but in terms of faith, like at the end of the day, I know that things that happen, they happen for my benefit, even if I don't want them to, right? Um, and so in that space of like having faith that, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm going to be all right. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know there's a ram in the bush, if you will, in terms of something that's going to happen. And then there's also this piece about, you know, reconnecting with our definition of rejection, a lot of people see rejection or, or things not working out like we want it to be as a bad thing. But what happens when you accept it, because a lot of times we're running from that acceptance. When you accept it, you accept, okay, well, this didn't work out. So I got to do something else. So if your energy is going into how do I make myself better? How do I figure out how to do this? And as opposed to worrying about why it didn't go right, that's definitely energy well spent. Uh, when you think about maybe a wide relationship didn't work out, uh, let alone like let's just look at maybe it wasn't meant to work out. Maybe the version of you that you were in that particular space wasn't the, ver the best version for you. You might have been amazing for that person that you were with, but that doesn't mean that they were feeding you and giving you the things mm -hmm. that you need. Uh, so even trying to fight to make relationships work. So in this space of like, uh, you know, seeing this, you know, challenging time and maybe things not working out. Uh, sometimes there's a blessing for you to actually take a step back, think about what you really want to do, right? And begin to shift how you put this energy. Like I did so much reading <laughs> when uh, we kind of first, hit, I, I got into this routine of just reading all the time. So, and, and it was great. And I, and I felt myself being fed. Uh, I got, you know, working out. I started in a way more consistent <laughs> working out. Couldn't, couldn't go spend my money eating out all the time no more. Uh, so in that part, it's, it's been good. So, um, Part of it, what I realized is very much mind frame in terms of belief system, in terms of how do you perspective, right? And we we don't see how much power that we have to utilize that. Like you just sitting here and, and, and shifting your perspective about uh, maybe an argument that you had with, you know, a, a loved one, right? And instead of being like, they're wrong, yada, 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 if you were just be able to, you know what? They have a totally different experience than me in terms of, do I believe what they said? No, but I'm okay with them having their point of view, but I still need to do what I need to do. 
um, in terms of maybe personalizing it. Why can't they understand it? Da, 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 da. You know, all these thoughts that, you know, we began to hold with us. Um, so shifting just that mental perspective in terms of, of these times, in terms of how you want to use this energy is probably one of the biggest things. Is it easy? No, because a lot of times we're so, um, it's such a routine for us to sit in the worry, right? We can't even, we can't appreciate, um, we're stuck worrying about what happened in the past and then we're anxious about what's happening in the future because we don't know. So mm -hmm. when it comes to just being in the present, we can't even do that. Mm -hmm. And so you might have a situation where you have this, speaking my life, we have the situation where you have this wonderful person in front of you who you all connect with greatly, but you know, that fear and anxiety is such another piece of that dynamic that you're not even able to really appreciate each other and move forward because you're so trapped in like, what if this goes wrong? And what if this goes wrong? Yes. Well, if that's all you focus on, that's what's going to go wrong. Mm. But if you're focused on making that situation better, improving yourself, you know, doing your own healing around this space, you know, working together, communicating, talking, like those are the things that are going to make it work. It's not going to be this arbitrary, it's going to work or not. No, it's going to be the work that you put in that makes it work, just like your dreams. And a lot of people just feel like, you know, I feel like it's supposed to happen. Yeah, but it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> so don't forget that part. I love, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, it's kind of funny if you've heard of um, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Yes. And he talks about the 10,000 hours, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and for me, I'm just at a space where I kind of see that dynamic happening because I've been doing music, poetry, counseling for like 10, 15 years. And I feel like the space that I'm in right now is just like, oh, a lot of fruit is starting to come from those trees that I've mm -hmm. you know planted for so, so long. Um, so like just having that perspective and giving ourselves time, I think we want things to happen so fast. And truth be told, like I'm thankful that the fact that, you know, um, I never blew up, if you will, in terms of, because, you know, unless you think that's what you want, uh, in terms, you know, I'm, I'm an artist, you know, I want the world to know my name, I want to be performing. And along this journey, my thing has been about quality over quantity. Like, because I've done shows where I performed in front of like, you know, 500 people and it felt like nobody was watching and it felt like nobody cared. And I've done shows in front of like 30 people and I saw the impact. I saw the tears in the young lady's eyes and, and I saw this young man looking at me like, ah, I want to do that one day. Right. And so it's that space of like really enjoying the journey. And I think that's also about reflection is too. It's like, how do you enjoy this journey? And you can enjoy the journey if you're always focused on everything that's going wrong. If you're focused on the past, if you're focused on the future, you really have to like strive to be in the moment. And I would say maybe I'll come up with a ratio, right? If, if you can do 75%, you know, in the present, maybe, you know, 7% looking at the past and maybe how to improve previous choices and maybe another 7% um, looking at the future and maybe trying to plan and then just that 1% just go dumb. Just, just, just don't do nothing with that. Just, just go dumb. Uh, but just in, in this space of like realizing all of that coming together and how do we show up and, and truly um, be in this space and be present and appreciate the journey and at the same time be hopeful for the outcome. So Everything. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <you're young." laughs> all of them they are so good. But yeah, being, being rooted in the present moment is so important. And I feel like 
when when COVID first started and then like we we pretty much just like took whatever we could and left because we didn't know when we would come back here right, and we yeah. didn't know if it's okay to leave our houses right 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 right, right. <laughs> it was just such a weird unknown and it, I felt very purposeless like I didn't mm. have anything to do or look forward to right. like my work life was stripped away coughing combos was stripped away there was just a lot just up in the air yeah, and yeah. like i really needed to journal and reflect mm -hmm. and then like find prompts that like asked me questions because even if i was looking at a blank page i could not like articulate my thoughts because mm -hmm. it was so overwhelming right um, I think we all kind of hit that, like, whoa, what the right. fuck, right? <laughs> and then we're like, okay, all right, I don't know, but I think yeah. it's okay to leave. And then, like, right. going, you know, the start yeah. of going to the grocery store, standing right. in lines, wearing masks, and all that stuff started to happen. And um, so I got a question for you, yes. like, while you're in the, in the spirit of this. So in that, in, the, in that moment afterwards, who did you find yourself to be? Like when you were initially overwhelmed and what about this, yada, 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 everything. But now, you know, you, like you said, you were reflecting, you got a chance to write out some things. Who did you find yourself to be kind of coming out of that? Oh, that's such a good question. I know. I, that's. <laughs> I feel like at that time I found myself to be someone that I wasn't proud of. Mm. But I, I think I put, I, I thought that though. Right. I was just like, what do you have to show for right. if you're not putting any content out there, if you're not showing up for your community? And then I realized that I wasn't showing up for myself. Mm. And I think that's where I was just like, okay, like this is, this is my opportunity to slow down because I was so used to the fact that we would always have something to do every single day, every single night, like our calendars were packed, you right. know? And like, especially as an entrepreneur and someone who's like multifaceted, like you just want to do all the things. Right. And I didn't realize just how draining that was and right. how it just really brought down my energy. And it was, gosh, what was the word? It, it's um, counterproductive. Yes. Counter, very counterproductive. And then to the point where you would reach burnout. Right. Right. And it was through all that reflection that I was finally able to find myself just at peace mm. and like knowing that it was okay to not have any plans, that it was okay right. to stay home, that it's okay to bake banana bread the third day in a row. You know, right. like <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> if you do some gingerbread, let me know. <laughs> Ooh, that would be a good one. That would be a good one. So yeah, that's kind of where I found myself. And I, gotcha. I think like, there were, there were pockets, there were moments where I would come to the studio, water the plants, or like just sit in stillness. And it did make me sad just because like there was an energy shift. Right, right, you know, right. I think that collective energy completely, it does attribute to like how we feel personally, right. that vibration mm -hmm. and how, um, yeah, just how receptive you are to that. But I, I think now I'm definitely in a much better headspace, just understanding like, what the th last three, four months has yeah. done for us and me. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing kind of what happens, even though, like you said, like not being so focused on the unknown and not really worrying ab about our past and kind of like right. forgiving yourself for right, right. like the mistakes you've made and the things that you can improve on. I think that's important. And just kind of 
leaning into the unknown with like excitement, right? Yeah. And and just feeling like, you know, like this isn't something that's scary anymore. Right. It's it is scary when you hear like updates and stuff. Right. But <laughs> like I will not deny that. <laughs> right, right, right. But to know that like you could just look out for yourself. Right. I think is like kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, one of the things that um people would often tell me that naturally it was like how do you do so much? You seem so busy. Da 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 da. But I'm like, I make my schedule, <laughs> like, and guarantee I put my breaks in. So in terms of, you know, we think about rhythm in terms of how you do things. You need time to rest. Every sport has an off season, right? As entrepreneurs, we have we need an off season too, or that time that we have the rest built into it because you need that to be able to function properly. You need that to be able to think on your best toes because a lot of times folks are making decisions out of angst or they're making decisions out of, you know, emotional based decisions out of frustration or being tired and, and all this other stuff. And that's not the best space to make those decisions. Um, so, you know, you, you need that balance as much as you can to have your rest, to have that moments where you are, you know, you have to work out, right? And in this, it may be, you need to read. You need to take that moment to process your emotions by journaling, um, have catch up with that good friend. So y'all can just kind of talk some things out. Like you need those moments. They're just as important to the journey as much as what you feel you're supposed to be doing on the journey. Again, just <laughs> gems, man, gems. I'm like, okay, just, yes. I love yeah. it. Have you can like? Have you done a TED talk yet? I, I <laughs> <laughs> because no, that was so powerful. Yeah. Just like everything that you've said so far definitely resonates, and yeah. I'm sure everyone listening would. No, I, I hope so. Well. I, it's funny because I, I think I'm just at a time in my life where typically I've been very quiet and I listen a lot. And even as a counselor, I think that's probably the one, the most important thing you do. You you listen. You listen to what's not being said as much as you listen for what is being said. Um, and I've been fortunate to be at this stage where I'm on the other side of a lot of big like life transition challenges. Um, and so while I'm not the person that's going to berate you with my ideas or whatnot, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> since we have this space, let me just unload all I can. Because uh, I'm actually... I do have a book I'm supposed to be working on. I haven't been doing it, but I need to be sitting down doing it. Uh, specifically, it's for creatives. Uh, and I think, and I say that, I say creatives um, as if it's a niche market. <laughs> but it's a niche market in terms of people who identify and believe themselves to be creatives. I personally believe that everybody is a creative. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about you allowing yourself to own that title, own that space, and understand what it looks like for you. For me, and the art in particular is, <clears throat> the art isn't necessarily the medium of, of poetry or music or dance or whatnot. The, uh, the art as a verb is, <clears throat> the art as a verb is how do we weave together the human experience with this thing that we're doing? So even if you're a technical person, right? How you're able to do that in a way that you're effective, that's an art. Because everybody has the same information. Everybody can look at, you know, a diagram of how to put together uh, a computer, right? And, and at some point, they'll get there. But someone who can do that in a way where maybe it's quicker 
more effective or whatever, like that's the art, right? I'm not the most um, organized person. <laughs> so uh, anybody that can come into a space, you know, and literally like, okay, put this over here, da 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 da, in terms of like even organizing file cabinets, like, Tell me your system because I don't got it. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't understand what you know how to keep it that way, and so even understand like that's its own art too. So in this, in the way that we're socialized is growing up in school. You know, you have the kid that's in science, and you have the kids who are a little bit more rambunctious running around. They'll say, "Hey, go put them in an art class somewhere. Go put them in theater. Yada yada yada." And at that moment, what we're doing is we're we're it's two things. On one hand, we're denying the skill the true skill set of the person that we're kind of tossing aside into the arts because we don't value the arts and then the other person who's more scientific we see that as logic right and mm -hmm. so we see that as a skill and because it is expressed as you know typical forms of art we don't see that as being creative science is probably one of the most creative mediums that we have they are literally questioning things that aren't there and then creating how do we get there or or why haven't we got, you know, mm -hmm. it's like when you think about sci-fi movies, the science that's in those things are just beyond this world. That's giving us some of the stuff that we have now. And so, um, and even I did a, a play with the La Jolla Playhouse in 2018, did the Home of the Brave tour where we would go to uh, different schools. And it was a play about the experience of kids who grew up uh, in military families. And what I realized, uh, I did nine years in the Navy. I think I worked harder doing that play for two months than I felt like I did in the military because we have to get up uh, like early. Then we have to, you know, drive to the school, put the set up, you know, and it was the way it was. We had to do our own set. Mm -hmm. And so we had to put the set up, do the show and then break the set down and whatnot. And, and mind you, when you're doing a show, like, if you've been to a theater production, right, even a movie, think about all the cues and everything that has to happen at a certain time for everything to go exactly like it's supposed to be going. Like, that is so much there and there's so much pressure. <laughs> but that dynamic, we don't, we don't talk about that in the same scope, right? We don't, even when we think about careers, we don't talk about the entertainment industry from the scope of this billion-dollar industry. Most folks, they see the one and the actor or the people in front of the camera, but you have so many people out on the other side of the camera that like, wow, like really all and they get many of them get paid just as much as some of the people, you know, in front of the camera in, in a lot of different ways. So I think, you know, we do ourselves a disservice when we limit what creativity is and what it looks like. And then the space where we, uh, you know, I know creators to be like, we just want to create or, you know, like we don't have the capacity to learn the business side too. Nah, like you do have the capacity to learn the business side. Don't get me wrong, you don't always want to, but that's a part. And I think that's another reason why I take the approach of doing all the things that I do because I understand like some of it is just skill set for me and the other piece is like me showing up and bringing my gift in a different way to the world. But knowing I have the capacity to do it and many folks don't feel like they have the capacity which prevents them. And a lot of times that comes from my voice being, and so I'm literally talking out my book to you right now. So <laughs> a, we have a voice that's been silenced, right? People will, you know, you try to get 
I used to be uh, a host events every now and then. So, you know, I go around the audience, not joke, you know, hey, sing a song, da 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 da. And people be, are definitely afraid to sing a song. And, and class students are definitely afraid to stand up and speak, right? And it's all this judgment that's there, right? And, and, and it's also them caring about the judgment. I mean, where did it come from? And a lot of times um, I came up with this term with a, a, a friend creative wounds right we have these creative wounds where you try to do something and for whatever reason it wasn't received well or or i had a friend who she could sing as a kid she could sing and when her mom would get drunk she'd be like hey baby come in here sing sing a song right so it out it matched that gift that she had for singing with this traumatic experience of her mm-hmm. mother being you know drunk and then later on she uh, had an experience where, you know, she tried to get in the studio, but then the dudes would come at her, you know, in a less than professional manner. And so it's it just, you know, so those particular, you know, spaces stifled her uh, desire to even be creative in that particular manner. And so um, I think we all have those type of things that have happened to us, whether it's our parents just not validating that gift and that creativity within us and or the belief that we could do it and succeed and they feeling like it need to look a certain way. Um, but a lot of times once you realize that people are speaking from their own reality and not yours, it's one thing to be, be like, it's like saying, you know what? I'm wearing, I wear a size 37, right? And I go and I get me a pair of 37 jeans. They look a little bit different, you know, maybe they, they yellow, right? And then somebody is coming to say, well, I can't wear them jeans, so you can't wear them jeans. Well, I'm 37. I know you might be a size 40. So, yeah, you probably can't, but I can wear these jeans. So when you think that when you realize that people are often speaking to you from their own fears, from their own lack of a belief in self and whatnot, or, uh, you know, those dynamics, then it's like, "Uh, that advice wasn't for me. That's your advice for you. So, but those who really know you and can see you can, can often tell you like, but then that's the other side of it too. Like you have to believe like it's your vision. God gave you that for you. So everybody else might not understand. So if you know that you can ride that wave and believe in yourself to do it, even when nobody else sees it, then that's, that's your lane. But then last nugget to this comparison comparison will kill us all the time because what we're doing is we're comparing our day one or day one through 10 to somebody's day 1,978. Of course, it's going to look different. You look back on my day one of doing poetry, of trying to do music. Like It doesn't look like the stuff that I'm doing now in a very real way. So I think all those dynamics go into this space of, you know, creativity and art and creating and just living life in the best, you know, best way possible. Ooh. So we can. Yes. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> so I'm going to need this so I can write my book. <laughs> okay, no, seriously. At least you have like an yeah, actual recording for it. <laughs> this is so just have Siri transcribe it for you. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> because that was so great. Yeah. yeah. I would love for whenever this book releases, yes, yes, for everyone to go cop it. Yes, know? yes, yes. No, we're gonna show it. This is this is making that. This is yes. One of them situations that happen. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think I've started to read more books that that really 
have helped just continue to shape my perspective. I finished reading this book called The Art of Showing Up. It's mm. we continue to talk about showing up. And right. It's divided into two parts. The first part is how to show up for yourself right. by like asking really mm. tough questions of right. like, are you honoring like your mental health? Are you honoring your physical health and your spiritual health, et cetera, et cetera. And then the second part is how we show up for others. And it, what's great about that is that it, it gives like kind of scripts mm -hmm. of like, hey, if you're going to have a difficult conversation with someone, here are some ways that you can bring it up nicely right. and for it to be effective. I feel like, like I studied communication in college, so I feel like this is something that I've just naturally gravitated towards yeah. and something that I love to learn about and implement as much as I can in my own life. But I know for others, it's really challenging. Like just, just that communication piece, right. because a lot of people fear of like being too confrontational. Mm -hmm. People do not want to like hurt other people's feelings. Right. But it's also like, if we come from a place of just honesty and, and just like a place of, on the other side of the spectrum, just like understanding and empathy mm -hmm. when receiving this feedback, I right. think we'd all just be in a better place. Right. But it's like we're constantly clouded by, again, judgments, comparisons, everything really, because like you said, we're, we're so used to distracting ourselves right. from social media, from media in general, and like the people that we're surrounded with. Right. And again, just kind of going back full circle with like COVID and everything to strip all those distractions away. And then for us to face ourselves, right. right. Has been for me liberating. And that's kind of like how I'm able to think out loud about these things. Right. But I know for some people, like it's, it's really difficult to, to look at yourself in the mirror and mm -hmm. be like, these are the things that are wrong with me right. and the, like, I don't know how to fix it or maybe I don't want to fix it. Right. Right. I think uh, probably one of the biggest things, and you answer this, uh, is probably ego, right? When you strip yourself of your ego, because your ego is there and it's trying to protect you, but it's almost like, you know, the hovering, <laughs> the hovering person that doesn't allow you to really experience the reality. And they try to protect you from all hurt, trauma, and danger. Where you, when you do that, you never develop the skills to actually deal with life, right? If so ego comes in and when somebody tries to give you like a truth that you don't want to hear, it's trying to like, no, no, no. You want to react and da, 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 da. Well, no, you need to hear that. Yes, you can be selfish sometimes. Like, no, this wasn't the best way to do that. Or no. And so, you know, this is sounds like this is a trigger for you. Like, no, you need to be able to listen and be aware and identify those things so that you can kind of move forward. Uh, and I think ego is a big piece of that. And like when I'm doing trainings, like, I know as a trainer, I have to let go of my ego if I want to be effective, right? I had one training where these young ladies, uh, they were trying to say something and uh, and I cut them off and whatnot. Mind you, I'm teaching a communication conflict class. <laughs> so, and, and, or no, it wasn't, I didn't cut them off. She said it and I just automatically negated her answer. I was like, no, it's not that, yada, yada, yada. And I can immediately kind of see the shift in their body language and, and, and everything. Um, and when as we was kind of moving, I was like, you know what, let me hold up. Let me, let me take a step back. You know what? It's like, and I just, I just pointed out the situation. Hey, I noticed when, you know, you said this, da, 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 this is a response. And I noticed that, you know, I feel like I cut you off. And, 
and it was like, or I, or I dismissed, I dismissed what you said. And in that moment, uh, it totally shifted because now, and she had space to kind of say what she thought and da, da, da. And we got to a better understanding uh, in that moment. But had I been in, in this place of ego of having to have, I'm the trainer, I know best, yada, 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 then that, I would have been a very ineffective trainer that day because I wasn't practicing what I was preaching for one. Um, and they could see that. And so just this space of like, you're always, I think we're, we feel like we get to this, this role where, you know, there's the, um, the teacher and the student. And if you recognize that there's always space for you to learn, it's, it's a dual role. Like you just like you a son and a mother, just like you, I mean, a son and a father for some or a son and a brother. Right. Like as long as you know that that's student and teacher is a very much a dual relationship. This is a good one. I'm, not, I'm glad we recording this. <laughs> if you understand that, you know, the teacher and the student is very much a dual relationship with self, then, you know, your approach to hearing something, you know, when somebody's trying to give you some information or tell you a different way to do something, you don't have to negate it. You can sit in that. My daughter, my daughter's 13. I learn stuff from my daughter all the time. And I'm not just talking about teaching me like a new dance. I mean, her um, gift of who she is and wisdom and, and maybe challenging me or me sometimes being a reflection of myself. I was like, I remember I used to do that. Um, so it's all these levels of, of self that we can get to if we allow ourselves the space to see it. It's not an easy space to be in, but when you do and you can recognize that, uh, it's an amazing experience and you don't have to be perfect. And I think we were talking about this earlier in terms of like people <laughs> in this uh, space of uh, this social unrest and, and dealing with racism and folks being like, what do I do now? Da, da, da. You try. Mm -hmm. That's that's what you do. You try. You 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 read, you learn, you get to know people, you say some messed up, <laughs> they get mad at you and then you try again. Right. It's, it's this space that it's, there's no perfect experience. There's no perfect way to do it. And you can get, you know, 100 successful people and I guarantee they're going to have 100 different ways in terms of how they got there. They're going to have some similar traits, maybe some similar dynamics that happened and supported. Then you have some that has didn't even happen to work close to that. And so just by knowing that, like, you don't have to be perfect. But you do be you do need to be willing to try and and willing to listen and and learn and be just open to a different experience. That so. was a mic drop, right? <laughs> that was a mic drop. I think that's like <laughs> that was so good. You gave me my tea. You gave me my tea. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of like the perfect segue to start closing this podcast. Yes, yes. But wow, thank you no, thank so you. much yes, for. Yeah sharing all of that. Um, two questions that we love to ask our guests here at Coffee and Combos. The first one is, what is one last piece of advice that you would give our listeners? You know, as a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. Because I feel like you gave us so much advice right. already, but really, um. <laughs> yeah, it was some, just one last nugget. Lean into the discomfort. Uh, oftentimes we run away from the discomfort of tough conversations, of trying something new, of having to start over, uh, it always gets better. As long as you allow yourself to live and grow within it, it'll get better. So lean into that discomfort. Uh, last thing, uh, hold up, what's the other question first? 
Oh, it's question. completely irrelevant to that. Okay, so cool. just keep going. Uh, so <laughs> I always tell my uh, when I talk to creatives and um, artists about you know being nervous about performing and da da da. Some people be like, you know, I'm shy, and I was like, I don't, I don't believe mm. in shyness like folks normally believe in shyness. Um, is it maybe is it there to the degree? Yes, but for a lot of people, it's not what they think it is. Uh, think about a kid that you take to daycare for the first time or preschool, right? They get there, they're clinging to the parents, they don't want to leave, right? Come back a month later after doing that for like a month. Now they're running around with their friends. It's either, hey, it's time to go, and they don't want to leave yet, right? What changed? They got comfortable. Exactly. They got comfortable. They allowed themselves to get comfortable, not because they just changed their feeling, but they did it. They got to the level because they've been doing it so much and they made friends, they found connections and they got comfortable. And there's so many times where even as adults, you know, people instead of being like, if you change that and, and every time you came to something new and you were just like, I'm not comfortable. Okay. Why aren't you? Why aren't you comfortable? And then what can you do to get comfortable? So for students, I tell them like, if you're in a space where, you know, um, uh, you don't want to be the odd person out or like it may be a thing of you just showing up to class early so that you're one of the first people sitting down in your seat. And it's, you know, and somebody come in, you might strike up a cool little conversation real quick without the ambiance of a whole class. Right. Um, so just finding those different ways, how I would say, what do you need to do to make yourself comfortable? Well, maybe I need to learn more about it. Okay, well, I may need to do it. Maybe I need to practice a little bit more. Maybe the preparation is what I need to do to get comfortable uh, instead of just going into this unprepared, right? Mm -hmm. That's a different thing. Uh, so allowing yourself to just, you know, lean into that dis the, the discomfort to get comfortable. Right, so good. So good. <laughs> Well, this last question is one of my favorites because, again, I know you have a podcast of your own, but I, I love being able to connect through coffee and convos. Yeah, yeah. And so if you could have a coffee and convos <laughs> with anybody, who would it be? Oh, man. Um, uh, let's see. That's a good question. Um, off top Okay, I'm digging. I'm trying to see if I want them dead or alive. <laughs> Either, really. Yeah. I've, I've heard so many people share so many different answers. You know what? At this point, I would love to meet my father, my biological father. Uh, I never met my biological father. like, uh, And I didn't realize that until I was like 21 when my mama finally kind of told me. <laughs> but she didn't confirm it, confirm it until like 36. Um but I would love to have that conversation to understand who he was and even to be able to look and measure like what what part of the lineage am I? Like, mm -hmm. especially with, with everything I do, I'm just like, you had to be a cool dude. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but in my mom, she did tell me like he did music and whatnot. And so, I'm, you know, just like I used to for a period of time, I was in that whole comparison and flashing back right if i would have it was the start of like if i would have had someone in my life to expose me to music at a very young age like where would i be now you know i didn't start doing music or really get into it till i was like 20 in my 20s um and i've tried to do piano lesson time too but just the timing didn't work out so i 
Um, but I've always had that, that kind of thought about, you know, uh, what that experience would have been like. And then just, you know, just the, the man stuff, like dating and being a father and, and those type of questions, um, especially with somebody I could see myself in and what, what does that look like? Um, so for me, it, w- it, w- it would be that. That's beautiful. So, yeah. Whew. Ooh, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Um, Google me. No, uh, <laughs> no. So as you mentioned before, I have a podcast with my but my buddy Mike. Uh, it's called Black and White Questions. Uh, black guy and a white guy just having like real conversation about from the naive to even sometimes racist questions that come up, you know, between the dynamics and you know just having a it's entertainment and it's fun uh we try to tackle it in a fun way because conversations around race can be really tough um but we try to do it in a fun way but still honor the the realness that is um on instagram you can find me at kimon underscore d uh k-e-y-m-o-e k-e-y-m-o-n underscore d uh or at the lyrical groove that's my band um so, yeah. And if you need some counseling, if you're in San Diego, you need some counseling, some therapy, hit us up at openheartleaders.org. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's where we, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Woo. So Woo. thank I you. all that. For thank sure. you so much. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode. Yep. Yep. Bye. Toodles. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coughing Convos podcast where unfiltered conversations and connections are brewed. I'm your host Alyssa Mopia and this is a platform and podcast where we connect with like-minded artists, entrepreneurs, and creatives who just get it. I don't know (laughs) how best to describe this but it's been really, really cool to have just amazing conversations, hearing from so many different perspectives and different artists from many, many mediums. So thank you all for tuning in. I am so excited to introduce to you all today's guest, Kendrick Dial, AKA Kimon. He is a Renaissance man, a jack of all trades, if you will. He shows up in the world as a father, as an artist, as a mental health therapist, a community leader among so many other things which is so so cool and he has such great energy and drops so many gems about showing up for yourself learning and navigating through different perspectives embracing failure and rejections as a tool for growth and how you can be present and actually enjoy your journey and find fulfillment so re-listening to this whole episode has definitely got me taking so many notes so definitely Take some notes while you tune in because it's such a good one. And if you haven't already, check out his Unfiltered Friday performance that just came out this past Friday as he performs his latest single, Y'all Mad. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let this. So I'm going to stop talking and just let this episode play. And I hope you all enjoy. Grab your coffee or your favorite way to keep yourself fueled for the day. And let's get this conversation started.